0: And ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to the Clifton's podcast. I am your host Clifton Groobs. Tonight, it is our St. Joseph School District Jamboree preview show or we could call this the week 0 pregame show as it is officially the last Friday before we kick off the 2023 high school football season. We will kick that off next week. On this episode, we are going to preview all four teams participating in tomorrow night's Sages of School District Jamboree, which is the Benton Cardinals, the Central Indians, the Lafayette Fighting Irish, and the first year edition of the Savannah Savages. We will preview all four teams. We will run down a little history of the Jamboree, the rules, and everything with Friday's games, and we'll run down the schedule of events during the jamboree, but before we do all of that, we are going to take a quick commercial break while we give a shout out to all of our sponsors who helped make this possible. This portion of the Cliff Notes podcast is brought to you by Tolly and Associates, Little Caesars of St. Joseph, John Anderson Insurance, Meyerhofer Funeral Home and Crematory, Miljavik Electric, Musser Construction in Gower, Greg Cassiter, voice of the Bishop LeBlanc Golden Eagles and the St. Joseph Mustangs. Bretton Angie Lawson. Amber and Travis DeBoard. Jason and Mary Watkins. Matt and Jenny Busby. Brian and Rebecca Viertaler. Fruit and Thought Primary Care. Michelle Cook Group. Russell Book and Bookball 365. James L. Griffin Law Firm LLC in Maysville. Toby Prustman of Premier Land Sales. Hicks and Klein Funeral Home of Gower. KT Logistics, LLC, Janelle Glidewell of Lightstar Financial, and BT's in Embroidery. Thank you guys so much for your contribution to the Cliff Notes podcast. Again, want to give a shout out to all of those great sponsors. Want to thank all of you for your trust in me and in the podcast. Thank you so much for investing your time into the Cliff Notes podcast. Let's go ahead and let's run down a little bit of history as far as the jamboree is concerned, now the first recorded jamboree in the history books was in 1948. Now in between 1948 and 1970, the Central Indians won the event 15 times. In that time span, Christian Brothers who consolidated with Bishop LeBlanc in 1970 won the first two jamborees in 48 and 49. So again Christian Brothers was the male private school in St. Joseph while well, Bishop LeBlanc was the female private school. Both those two schools consolidated to make Bishop LeBlanc in 1970. Now there is no record of a Jamboree taking place in between 1971 and 1978 on record. Now Bishop LeBlanc now they were in the Jamboree until 1987. From 1987 to 2003 they were not included in in the Jamboree. They would come back in 2004 because Central was forced to leave the Jamboree from 2004 to 2009 due to the Kansas City Suburban League going from three divisions to four divisions, which incorporated the Suburban League to have a full 10-game regular season schedule. Now, back in those days, the Jamboree took place during week one of the high school football season. Still didn't count Against either team, any of the three or four teams' records, but it was during week one. Now, in 2009, the Jamboree was moved to the preseason with, again, no official winner being recorded. With LeBlanc's move to eight man football back in 2019, the the event went back to three teams. And in June, the Savannah Savages announced that they were taking part in the Jamboree for the first time ever. So we will preview Savannah here. Just a little bit later on, the Indians of Central own the most Jamboree titles with 34. In second place, the Benton Cardinals have 13. They are the defending champion in this event, while Lafayette has 11 Jamboree titles. And Bishop LeBron and Christian Brothers have 7. Again, this is the first year for Savannah, so they don't have any tournament titles in this. At least as of yet, we'll play that out tomorrow night. Now here is the format of how the Jamboree is going to go down. The teams will play a total of three quarters, 12 offensive plays by each team each quarter. Penalties that result in a replay of a down do not count towards the team's offensive plays. After a preliminary coin toss, the designated team will begin with the ball on the 25-yard line, the offensive team will continue with the ball for 12 plays. Anytime a team scores a touchdown, fails to get a first down, or commits a turnover, the ball is returned to the 25-yard line. The team will continue on offense as long as they have not reached their 12-play limit. Once the team has reached its 12-offensive play limit, they lose possession. The opposing team will take over and run their plays until they've reached their play limit. Now here's how scoring is going to go down in the Jamboree. A touchdown will result in six points. An interception will result in three. A fumble recovery will also result in three points. There will be no PATs attempted in this year's Jamboree. Now here is the schedule of events that is scheduled to take place. The games will begin at At 7 p.m. on the campus of Missouri Western State University at Spratt Stadium. With Savannah's addition to the Jamboree, uh, there will be simultaneous court games taking place each quarter on the west and the east end of the fields. In quarter one on the west end, it will be the Savannah Savages versus the Lafayette Fighting Irish. On the east end, it will be the Central Indians versus the Benton Cardinals. Now, Central and Bitten will match up during the regular season during week two. That game will take place at Noyes Field at Central High School. In between quarter one and quarter two, there will be a first option bank presentation, and then we'll get on to quarter two. On the west side, it will be north side versus south side as the Benton Cardinals will take on the Lafayette Fighting Irish. Now, the Central Indians on the east end will match up with the Savannah Savages. And between quarters two and quarter three, there will be an all-schools pom dance performance. We used to call it the city poms dance performance, but Savannah not being in the city of St. Joseph, it will now be called the all-schools pom performance. All four pom squads will perform a routine that is coordinated by all of the coaches there with those schools. In the last quarter of the Jamboree on the West End, it will be Savannah versus Benton. And on the east end, it will be Central versus Lafayette. Now, at this time, as of this recording, there are no video streaming options for the Jamboree. If you want to listen to the Jamboree online, you can listen to the entire Jamboree on stjosephpost.com. Tommy Rezach and Matt Pike will have the call on that. I think think their pregame show begins at 6.30. The Jamboree will kick off. At seven. Now, that is everything breaking down the Jamboree. We're going to take one more quick commercial break. After that, we will break down all four teams participating in this year's Jamboree, kicking off with the defending Jamboree champion, the Benton Cardinals. This portion of the Cliff Notes podcast is brought to you by Tolly and Associates, Little Caesars of St. Joseph, John Anderson Insurance, Meyerhofer Funeral Home and Crematory. Miljavik Electric, Musser Construction in Gower, Gray Kastner, voice of the Bishop LeBlanc Golden Eagles and the St. Joseph Mustangs, Brenton Angie Lawson, Amber and Travis DeBoard, Jason and Mary Watkins, Matt and Jenny Busby, Brian and Rebecca Viertaler, Fruit and Thought Primary Care, Michelle Cook Group, Russell Book and BookBall365, James L. Griffin Law Firm LLC in Maysville, Toby Prusman of Premier Land Sales, Hicks and Klein Funeral Home of Gower, KT Logistics LLC, Janelle Glidewell of Lightstar Financial, and BTs in Embroidery. Thank you guys so much for your contribution to the Cliff Notes Podcast. Alrighty, let's go ahead and let's kick off our preview of the four teams with the defending Jamboree champion Benton Cardinals. The Cardinals are entering 2023 with a new head coach in Corey Bertini. The former Missouri Western quarterback spent last season as an assistant to former coach Kevin Keaton. Now, the Cardinals had a promising start to last season going 3-1, but a mid-to-end season slide set the Cardinals back with a 3-7 record. They do lose some key pieces off that team in Denver Doman, Adrian Byrd, Bishop Rush, Josh Peek, Kevin Machado, among others, But return quarterback Jackson Rich, who showed moments of brilliance in his first season under center. So definitely that will be a huge key for the Cardinals. Definitely the thing for the Cardinals over the last couple of years is they have had to put a new guy under center for the last two or three seasons. This will be the first year in at least a couple of years that the Cardinals will have have their quarterback under center returning. For the start of a season. Now the Cardinals do return six starters on each side of the ball to try to improve on that three and seven mark. We had the opportunity to catch up with the head coach of the Cardinals, Corey Bertini, as we get to know his story and we preview the 2023 Benton Cardinals. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here on the Cliff Notes podcast here in the south side of St. Joseph as we get you ready for Friday's Jamboree. We are here with the head coach of the Benton Cardinals, Corey Bertini. Uh, Coach, uh, welcome. Congratulations on getting the job and welcome
1: to the Cliff Notes podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Cliff. You know, I'm very excited and uh, looking forward to this year well um, coach let's let's get to know you
0: a little bit before we talk about the season um you know former quarterback at missouri western um you you were an assistant on this team last year. Just talk about you know your journey um you know through the coaching through the coaching ranks and maybe a short little short coaching ranks there but um, talk about your path to now being the head coach of the benton Cardinals
1: yeah so uh, my path's actually a little unconventional um You know, I played at Missouri Western uh, after I finished there, spent a semester as a uh, graduate assistant in the strength and conditioning department. Um, But funny enough, my undergrad degree is actually in accounting. Uh, So thought I would venture into the accounting realm, Uh, did that for two years and just kind of realized that wasn't my calling. Um, I feel like God had put me on this earth to to coach and to reach young men. And so uh, found out a way to, you know, get into there and teaching and coaching and so yeah last year i was an assistant here on the staff and now i'm you know have the opportunity to to be the head guy here so what was it that really attracted you to this job yeah i mean it's just being here last year and getting to know the kids and their stories and the families and community i mean it's being down here on the south end it's such a close-knit family um and people say that all the time but it's i mean it's the real deal here and uh you know we've just we've got a, a great you know up and coming Uh, freshman and sophomore class, we've got great players, great administrators, great coaches. I mean, it's just, it's everything I could want right now here in my, you know, coaching journey and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we we talked about the familiarity
0: that you have with the program. You know, how big is it, you know, for the kids that they're not getting somebody completely new, a complete new philosophy stepping into the locker room? This is a – you're a coach that's had familiarity with these kids. How big is that for these kids?
1: Oh, I think it's huge. Um, You know, my relationship with the kids is something that I, you know, don't take lightly. Um, It's really what drew me to this job in the first place is, you know, like I said, just getting to know them and their stories and making an impact in their lives. But – Um, Just being here and like you said, having that familiarity with the kids and administration and all of our other coaches, I think it's been huge and has made the transition very smooth and, and easy. Let's talk about the 2023 team. I mean, you know, there's some
0: still some returners there. Let's start with the um, the big returner that you guys have on the offensive end. That's quarterback Jackson Rich. This is a kid that stepped up pretty pretty heavily in a, in a spot where he was um, a lot of pressure to step up in. So just talk about, you know, him, how he's evolved from his sophomore campaign to now get going into this season.
1: Yeah, it's been, you know, leaps and bounds just to see him mature and grow. And, um, you know, this offense is – very different than what we've done in the past so you know learning having that learning curve um, has been huge but he's done such a fantastic job asking questions um, watching film um, just really trying to learn as much as he can before we you know start August 25th Um, but he's done a great job and he's been a tremendous leader showing up all summer and leading the guys and so I'm excited to see him flourish in, in year two as a starter.
0: Now let's talk about the skill players, who you guys bring back the running backs and the wide receivers. Obviously you graduated a couple of talented ones in Denver Doman and Adrian bird who are going to be playing at the next level, but talk about who you bring back as far as the running backs and the um, wide receivers.
1: Yeah. So, you know, skill position wise, we've got gauge Snodgrass sophomore. Um, he's doing a great job. Didn't really play much as a running back last year. We had him mainly on defense, but he's been doing tremendous again, picking it up, learning a lot. Um, Deontre Howard, another sophomore, a good basketball kid. Um, you know, he really uses his talents on the on the field. Um, we got Trey Novak, uh, a senior who's done a tremendous job of leading uh, our kid, our guys, especially on the defensive side. Um, you know, we, we've got some position battles for the other positions, uh, other skilled spots, which has been awesome to see. You know, young kids stepping up and upperclassmen being pushed, but you know, it's been it's been a good dogfight. And then I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the
0: the offensive and defensive line. You know, talk about who you who you have on the lines.
1: Yeah, you know, it starts up front. Um, we've got Maddox, Miljavik, Jason Blue, Trenton Harris, Colton Davis. Um, so five or four seniors there, uh, which is huge. Uh, and then we're really battling it out for the center spot. Um, you know, it's an open position right now. Competition's been great. Um, both, you know, kids have really stepped up and done a good job and making it hard on us coaches to, you know, basically pick who's going to be there but um at the end of the day we've told them you know it, it, you know football is 100 injury rate so you know someone's going to be going down and we need those backups and those other ones ready to step in and, and fill their their role um, when the time comes so it's been it's been good and defensively yeah we've got you know a lot of our guys play both ways but um yeah our d lines uh led by some of those same guys um so i'm excited to see them flourish Talking some of the other guys on defense, I know a lot of those names that we talked about on the skill players Victor figure into
0: the defense as well. But you know, if there's any other names you want to yeah. add in there too, be afraid to add those in. Too.
1: Yeah, uh, I think you know Carter Rich, uh, Jackson's brother has done a great job. Um, it's been awesome to see him mature just physically and and um, football you know knowledge wise in, in year two here. So I'm expecting him to do some good things. Um, and again, you know, we've just we've got a lot of open positions, a lot of spots up for you know for the taking and. I'm excited. Who's going to, you know, take them and, and run with them here as we get closer to the regular season? Uh, talk about, you know, your goals.
0: I I imagine you probably had goals when you got when you started this whole thing. You know, for the program, for the kids, and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, you want to get as many wins as you can. But you, uh, what are some other goals that you have for the program and for the kids heading into this season?
1: Yeah, you know, my one of my first days uh, when I met with them, uh, you know, I was just talking about the expectations that we have for them, but ultimately i told them my my job and my you know goal is to you know to make you guys better husbands better fathers um better just men when you leave our program um and the beautiful thing about football is you can do all those things and teach those qualities while getting to you know strap it up and play on a friday night um so that's really my goal you know i've told them when we look at benton football you know 5 10 15 years down the line i want this to be that group that you know has set that foundation of excellence and um, in fact, when we met with our leadership council, their, their motto for the year is be the change. So they want to be that group that inspires the change and um, sets the tone moving forward. So, Well, Coach, thank you so much for allowing me to come out to practice. Um,
0: congratulations on getting the job and looking forward to working with you this season. Yeah, thanks so much, Cliff. I appreciate it. Yep, we'll see you at the
1: Jamboree. Sounds good.
0: Next up on our Jamboree preview show, we are going to be previewing the biggest school in the St. Joseph area. The Central Indians. Now, Central took a nice step forward in Reggie Trotter's fifth season at the helm, winning five games in 2022 after winning only four in his first four years. They will have to replace some key pieces on that team, like Stone Wetlaw for Anthony Vassar, Nathan Mincy, and Asher Katakis. But one of the key pieces returning is junior running back Gabe Fields. Now Fields came into his own. During the 2022 season, with that combination of his impressive 2022 season and his summer working in camp, Fields has attracted some Division One offers coming from people like Iowa State, among others. Fields will be looking to build off that season here in the 2023 season. Now, Fields, Brock Williamson, and Lance Peters lead a group of returners looking to build off that 5-6 and six season, a season where the Indians was inches away from winning a playoff game against North Kansas City. Indians showed some brilliance at times, but will still have some experience coming back if they're looking to improve on that mark. We had the opportunity to catch up with head coach Reggie Trotter to preview the 2023 edition of the Central Indians. You're ready. Coach, um, you know, just talk about, you know, your, your thoughts on the excitement level um, from the summer and into fall practice.
2: Uh, you know, I'm really excited. You know, I got a lot of competition out here, a lot of good football players that are trying to stack a few good wins today, uh, a few good wins in a row, uh, winning, winning days in practice. So I'm looking forward to uh, watching these guys play a little bit.
0: You know, and we talked about this before, you know, the, the highs and the lows of being a coach here in this program. You were able to get some wins on the board last season. Uh, you guys have had some flashes of brilliance at times last season. Just talk about, you know, last season starting, you know, some of those fruits, you know, starting to
2: come through. You know, it actually starts way before those guys. You know, we've been building a program here that's not based on obviously – have n't been based on wins and losses, but uh, on the scoreboard. But wins and losses in our locker room, you know, and those things have have really started to come to fruition for us. Uh, our guys have really bought into what we're trying to do. Our three main pillars of confidence, accountability, and toughness. And those three guys, those three things have really uh, buoyed uh, our program.
0: Has there been anything that you've talked to the kids about, or maybe try to motivate them? Because you know, a couple seasons ago, like you said, maybe them you're building kids up in the weight room. The last year, you you get a handful of wins. Is that motivation enough, that that handful of wins, or is there something else that you're pushing these kids to keep improving each year in this
2: uh, central program? You know, it's it's really the same thing every time, you know, and we just happen to have a little bit of talent uh, to go with the hard work that these guys have had. Uh, I'm not saying that the kids before these guys have not been talented, uh, but not necessarily against the teams that we're playing. So those guys have have continued to buy in, and even the guys that were on the 0 for team, they never quit fighting and never quit competing, and that's what has really bled into the same group.
0: And like you said, you, you know, good competition that you guys are going to go against. Can you tell from the kids so far that they know that now they're, they can hang with the best of them?
2: Yeah, they really can, and I, and I really believe that. Uh, obviously, there's always studs at every program, uh, but we've had a few too, and uh, it's finally a, a good thing for us to have uh, going down to Kansas City every week.
0: You, know, um, you talked about having talent back left on this team. You know, you lost a very, very impactful senior class. Um, just up, talk about the competition out there in practice for a lot of key spots out there on the
2: field. Yeah, you got to earn everything. You know, that's how you gain true confidence. And uh, I told the guys at the beginning of the season we had one starter uh, that was written down in stone and that was uh, uh, Brock Williamson was going to be our snapper. Everything else had to be earned. Uh, and that's with a great running back coming back. That's with uh, Brock coming back on linebacker and, and as a tight end. Uh, but I knew that piece was solidified. So other than that, everything else had to be earned, and these guys are competing for those jobs.
1: And besides this continuous growth in the, uh, in the locker room
0: and obviously the big goals like winning district, winning state, all that, but what is a goal that you guys have your eyes
2: set on right now or at least for this upcoming season? We just want to be 1-0 every week. That's it. I don't think past that. I don't work past that. We want to be 1-0 every week. Awesome,
0: good. Next up on our Jamboree preview will be the Lafayette Fighting Irish. Like their Southside rivals, the North Side will be bringing in a new head coach as well. Very similar to Corey Bertini, Nate Doherty takes over the helm of the Fighting Irish after serving as an assistant coach the previous season. Now Doherty will be looking to establish stability and in the Lafayette program as the Irish are looking at their fourth head coach in the last four seasons. Quarterback Jackson Compton, wide receiver Drake Lawson, are a group of returners looking to rebuild a program coming off an 0-10 season. We We have the opportunity to talk with head coach Nate Doherty to get to know him, previewing the 2023 edition of the Fighting Irish. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here on the Clifftops Podcast here at Lafayette High Schools. We get you set here for the St. Joseph School District Jamboree coming up Friday, August the 18th at Missouri Western for a preview of the Fighting Irish. We are here with the brand new head coach, Nate Doherty. Coach, um, first of all, congratulations on getting the job. Just talk about just um, how the summer's been going. Yeah, yeah, the summer's been
3: great. Um, we've had. Good group of kids out here since about the beginning of June into May. Um, we've got a group of about 13 seniors this year, and they've been doing a really, really good job of kind of buying into what this new program's about um, and leading those young guys in the right direction and kind of showing them how it's supposed to be done. Um, it's been a good time. We had a, had a team camp up at Northwest at the end of June, or at the end, middle of July. Um, went up and got some good competition, and that's something these kids haven't done in 10 years, so it, it was really good for them. Um, to see some competition before we roll into the season and roll into the jamboree next week
0: i know that you were a part of the staff last year but um you know first year walking into a program um to get um new listeners who may may not know who you are i just want to kind of want you to give an introduction just to who you are um how you got into coaching and what brought you here to lafayette
3: yeah so as you said my name is nate doherty um Second year coach here at Lafayette, second year overall. Um, 25 years old, so kind of kind of young, still green behind the ears, but uh, I was very, very pleasure to get the job this, this spring. Um, when Coach Finley left, um, kind of just threw my name in the hat and went through the interview process, got the job, and I was very, very excited. I feel like Lafayette fits me really well. Um, I grew up a lot, a lot like a lot of these kids, um, so I kind of see what, what they're going through, and a lot of these kids, they, they've kind of bought into to me knowing that i have have gone through a lot of the same things as them um and so i've built a lot of good relationships with these kids and being a familiar face for them it was really nice because the seniors already
0: were were ready to go by the time i got the job you talked about being a familiar face to this program you know you talked about the 13 seniors the they haven't had a lot of familiar faces Mm. around in their four years this is you're their fourth head coach In four years being a part of the program last year how big do you think that is you know being a familiar face to them this year as they head into their senior year
3: yeah i think it was huge because we i mean we had our first team meeting and i mean those are always awkward when you have a new guy coming in Um, the players never know what to expect and these kids at least got a year out of me last year and yes i was an assistant um, so they didn't see the full aspect of what, what I'm about and what I expect of them, but they, they knew the gist. Um, and so it was good. I was able to set the standard day one and let them know, like, hey, guys, I'm bumping the notch up. Like, we're raising this standard this year, and I need you guys to buy in from day one. And they did, and they took it and they ran with it. And a lot of the, a lot of the seniors have said that they're very, very appreciative of the way that things have been ran so far. So.
0: Yeah, so you were part of, yeah, again, you were part of the staff last year. Um, you know, last year was a, it was a tough year on these kids. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, it was a tough year on the kids, tough year on the coaches. Um, you know, that's a situation where a lot of kids can just walk away and just mm. quit football. You know, how were you able to keep them engaged despite um, the results maybe not being there on the field?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It, it was difficult. It was a difficult time last fall. And, I mean, like you said, it was difficult for us coaches too. Like, we hated seeing the kids struggle and, and go through as much pain as they did. And um, it, it, week by week, it was kind of putting on our our poker face and, and just kind of letting them know, like, hey, guys, it's going to be all right. Um, and, like, the seniors last year, I mean, it was tough for them. But, like, these guys coming in, I kind of told them, I was like, it's a redemption, a redemption story. Um, I was like, so if you guys buy in from day one, um, we're going to XNA everything that happened last year and we're rolling on to a whole new year. So,
0: Well, let's preview the 2023 team. We'll move ahead to this season. It's a new year now, a um, lot of new fresh start for these kids. I mean, let's talk about the offense first and we'll talk about the sexy positions out on the field. We'll talk about the, the skill players. Um, you know, just talk about um, who, who you have back as, as far as skill players and maybe some new names that we should expect to watch this year.
3: Yeah, so um, Jackson Compton's back at quarterback this year. Um, He'll be our senior leading the offense. And then uh, we've also got Drake Lawson back. Um, He led us in receiving yards and touchdowns last year at receiver. Um, He'll be playing a little bit on the defensive side of the ball too, but he'll be one of our offensive firepower guys. Um, Kind of a a sneaky one this year is gonna be Martavion Thuston. He played a lot of JV last year, but he's growing in the last year. He's a senior this year and he's been putting in the work and he's looking kind of dangerous. We've got Ty Nance, Um, he'll be our, our slot guy. Um, Tate Crab is a junior who'll be playing running back for us. Um, I think we'll be pretty filthy up front, too. We've got a good offensive line this year, um, dealing with a few early early season injuries. But once we get those kids healthy, it's it's going to be dangerous. Um, yeah.
0: And I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the defensive end. I know maybe a lot of those kids that we just mentioned are going to be on the defensive end. But just talk about how um, some of those kids are going to factor in and maybe some new kids that are going to factor in on the defensive end.
3: Yeah, so um, we've switched a lot of stuff up on defense this year. And so um, our strong suit – is our big guys. Like I said, same thing with offense. Um, we've got Javonte Sims. Uh, he played last year as a sophomore and was probably our best defensive lineman. Um, and he's coming back this year looking looking really well. Um, he's a big kid and he moves, moves really, really well. Um, and then we've got Gabe Sisk leading the defensive middle linebacker. He got a little bit of time in there last year when Eli Smith was hurt. Um, Drake Lawson will be playing corner a little bit. Um, We've got Martrez Thuston. He's playing safety for us, little guy, but man, that kid is fiery. Um, He's gonna look really good. Um, And then Martavion, his older brother, is also gonna be out there some on defense as well. Um, But yeah, our our defensive front
0: seven probably is gonna, gonna do us well, so. And then just talk about um, talk about goals. You know, for you personally, I know um, you guys want to get some wins on the win column. I think that's going to be one of the biggest um, goals for you guys. But just talk about some other goals um, that you want to that you want to be able to accomplish with this group this season.
3: Yeah. So um, obviously, yeah, like you said, we want to win games. Um, that's obviously the ultimate goal. Um, but my biggest thing with these kids this year is just, like I said, our saying this year is raise the standard. Um, Um, And that's not in a demeaning way by any means to anything that's happened in the past. It's just like we want to raise the bar. Um, And we want these kids to buy into a new program of of discipline. And we want them to be confident in themselves. And so our, our goal this year is not only to win, but just to get these kids in positions to be successful. And for them to be out there with relentless effort and relentless energy this year. Just going out, flying around, having fun.
0: Well, Coach, um, thank you for um, coming on the podcast. Thank you for allowing me to come out and practice and watching these kids. And um, we'll see you at the Jamboree, and we're looking forward to working with you all season long. Absolutely. Thank you, Cliff. All righty, last but not least, let's go ahead and let's preview the newcomers to this year's St. Joseph School District Jamboree, the Savannah Savages, who come in with their second-year head coach, Anthony Hayes. In Hayes's first year, the Savages went ten and two, and went eight and one in conference play, tying Maryville for a conference championship. Now, those only two losses of the season came to the Spoofhounds. One of those losses, the Savages was one was one stop away from winning a Class Three District Eight championship. So I know Coach Hayes and those guys; they are going to have they are going to be on fire. Heading in for this coming season. Now leading the list of returners for the Savages will be their leading rusher, Cade Chappelle. Chappelle rushed for almost 2,300 2, yards and had 31 touchdowns on the year. Joining him on the offensive on the offensive side, returning is wide receiver Zayden Snap who had 570 receiving yards a season ago. They also returned three of their five offensive linemen in Cash Porter, Dane Boston, and Dayton Peak. They will also return their leading tackler on the season in Landon Nolan. So the Savages will be looking to lean on them having to replace some of their key losses of the season in All-State defensive back Truman Bodenhausen, as well as Alex Hopper and quarterback Ethan Dudek. Now the Savage we did we did have the opportunity to catch up once again with the head coach of the Savage Anthony Hayes this week as we as he was in the midst of fall practice and we go ahead and we preview the 2023 Savannah Savages ladies and gentlemen we are here on the cliff notes podcast right here in savage country here in savannah high school where we are getting ready for our 2023 saint joseph school district jamboree this friday august 18th at missouri western we are here with the head coach of the savages anthony hayes joining me for his second season here coach welcome back
4: hey thank you appreciate what you do and, and i love that it's football season again we get to talk football again
0: absolutely i appreciate what you guys do too um Coach, just talk about, you know, what the energy has been like um, throughout the summer with camps and scrimmages and stuff and then beginning part of
4: fall practice here. You know, the, the commitment here has been through the roof. We had a great season last year. This is already a football town. So you put the success and, and, and marry that with the fact that, that Savannah, Missouri loves football. I mean, these kids uh, tore it up this summer. We have over, over 100 kids out for football, and they have high expectations and great attitudes.
0: Can I can I say that um, you you brought a new level of energy with the program? Um, you come in first year, establish your your footprint, your staff, and you come in win ten games last year on the doorstep of a district championship. Just um, talk about you know putting your footprint on this program. Just talk about the success of last year.
4: Really, I think it goes back to the kids. I mean, I was just I was just blessed that they bought in. You know they. Like I said, they love football here. It wasn't hard, you know. Honestly, I just came in and and was 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 myself and and try to set some high expectations and and really just establish, you know, how we want to do things around here and 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 have a positive attitude. And the kids really just, you know, bought in immediately. You know, we had great leaders like Ethan Dudick and Truman Bodenhausen, Alex Hopper, Micah McFadden. Those kids. Uh, you know, I miss those kids, and and uh, but they established a really good foundation for this class to come in and pick up where they left off. So I'm grateful for those seniors last year, and excited to work with these kids that are now on my seniors and juniors this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was a great group of kids right there. It was fun following the team last year. Let's talk about the 23 squad here. We'll start on the offensive end. I think the biggest um, the biggest key for you guys who's going to step in at quarterback for Ethan. So uh, talk about who you have under center, and maybe if there's a competition going on.
4: Yeah. Well, we have Aiden Connectenhofer, he's a sophomore. He was our starting freshman quarterback last year and then he was Dudek's backup varsity. He played in like uh, a a lot of varsity time, probably six, seven games, um, had four or five touchdowns in varsity games. Every time we had an opportunity to step him on the field when we were resting Ethan or maybe we were up, uh, he played a ton in the second half last year um, and, and jumped in a few times early in game. So he, he got a lot of varsity experience. He's a really good uh, uh, dynamic runner with the football in his hands and has a strong arm. So we think he has a bright future. And I think Aiden connecting offers his name, you're going to hear for the next few years here.
0: So uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the skill players. I think the skill players, you got a couple good ones here. First, we got Cade Chappelle guy that a kid that rushed for over 2000 yards last season, all state caliber season, just uh Talk about um, his um, his season last season, just or what he's done to kind of evolve his game heading into this season.
4: Yeah, you know, I man, he had a monster season last year. You know, I think it was close to twenty three hundred yards, thirty one touchdowns. You know, the bar is <laughs> the bar is really high for him to try to outdo that. And what I like about him is I don't think he cares about the stats. He just cares about winning. And so we're going to try to use him in a variety of ways there's no doubt he's going to be a centerpiece of the offense um but really it all starts with the offensive line they're they're bought in to try to establish uh, you know a, a mentality that we want up front and then we have some other skill guys that can open the door to to our offense uh you know having cade there and all eyes on him i think opens up this whole world of of, of offense for us to guys like zayden snap Caden calloway Jaden martinez uh jackson Segris I mean, we have a lot of options outside of Cade, and I think that's what could make us a very explosive offense. Yeah,
0: just talk about, you know, you, we talked about it. I, w- I want to give some love to some guys on the offensive line too. Talk about some of those guys because those are going to be the guys blocking for Cade and maybe a couple of other guys this season. Talk about
4: some of the guys on the, on the line. Yeah, we have three guys coming back. Um, we have uh, Dayton Peak at right tackle, um, Dane Boston at right guard, Cash Porter at center, and we have a couple uh, really so- sophomores that it tore it up in the weight room, and because of their weight room numbers, gave them a chance, and they've, they've looked good. Eli White, uh, Dylan Major. Um, so those have been our five main guys up front all summer. Uh, three of them, like I said, started almost every game last year, and so that's nice to have three of your five linemen back. It's really helped us get ahead on our playbook this this summer.
0: Uh, so let's talk about on the defensive end. I know a lot of those guys that we mentioned over the last few minutes are going to play on the defensive end. Just act, uh, talk about how they factor in on the defensive end and maybe some new guys that might factor in.
4: Well, we got some really key components coming back on the defensive side. I think the centerpiece there is, is Cooper Burnside's. Cooper uh, was an All-State defensive lineman last year as a sophomore. He was a, uh, got finished second in state at state wrestling. He's a problem for offenses. Uh, so I'm excited to have him back in the center center part of our defense. We got three leading tacklers, like our top three uh, tacklers last year, in Kaden Calloway, Landon Nolan, Cooper Swan. Um, all of them had great seasons. So uh, we have we have guys coming back that are that are going to anchor our defense. And uh, we got we got a guy like Parker Bradley that started every game in the secondary for us. That was an honorable mention All MEC guys. So there's some talent coming back and some speed on the field that makes us really excited about our defense know uh,
0: Coach. This is our Jamboree preview show, and um, Coach, you, you you guys on social media made the announcement in June that you guys were going to be entering into the St. Joseph School District Jamboree. Um, Coach, just talk about um, your your thoughts on the Jamboree and why entering the um, St. Joe
4: Jamboree. Well, you know that they uh, they were a three team Jamboree with LeBlanc going to eight man, and um, I've moved into the athletic director role here at Savannah, and so I've developed relationships with the ads in St. Joe, and I I just. You know put it out there you know with you guys needing a fourth team would you be open to us we're kind of a natural fit being in the saint joe area um you know we're not in the same school district but we're i mean we're a neighbor (laughs) you know we're about as close to to uh to uh central as benton is you know in terms of driving distance so um So they were gracious enough to have us in. I think it's really nice for us to be able to just drive down the street to Missouri Western, play in that awesome stadium in front of that awesome atmosphere. It gives our kids an experience. Uh, that I think is really cool. Um, we're still going to try to accomplish the same things that we always accomplish. Stay healthy, get some live reps in, get some evaluations in, uh, but at the end of the day, it's just a really great atmosphere that I wanted to be part of, and I'm really grateful that St. Joe's Schools let us let us be part of it.
0: Coach, let's talk about goals. This is going to be my last question. Obviously, you know, goals for you guys. Obviously, you know, you guys want a conference championship. Uh, shared a conference title last season. Um, you guys want to do that again at least, maybe win it outright, but talk about some of your other goals that you have for this program this year
4: you mentioned it i mean step one is you want to win the regular season so that for us that means mec champions Um, and then that helps you get a good seed in the playoffs and then we want to win a district championship and then with that you become a a final eight team in the state and then you have a one in eight chance of the state championship so those are our big overall goals but really honestly what we talked to our kids about is just Winning one play at a time. So, like right here, right now at practice, is this a championship rep? And, you know, is is? And then when we get to our first week game, we try to. That's our only, only, only thing on our radar is that week one game. And I know it sounds cliche, but we're gonna just take it one play at a at a time, one one game at a time.
0: Uh, hey I like that coach uh, coach uh, you know you've built uh, you had a great season last season. Um, look good to work with you last season. looking forward to working with you this season. Thank you for allowing me co- to come out to here to practice and we'll see you Friday at the Jamboree Yeah I
4: appreciate what you do. you know it's, it's fun for us to have people cover our teams and, and to, for our kids to be able to read articles and listen to podcasts about football. It brings a level of excitement. so thank you for all you do. Absolutely thank you coach. Awesome.
0: All righty, let's go ahead and let's quickly run down all the other Jamborees that we have taking place on Friday night. In Cameron, the Dragons will host East Buchanan and Lawson. At Northwest Missouri State University, the Maryville Spoofhounds will host Kansas City Center, Raytown South, and William Chrisman. Moberly will host Chillicothe, as well as Boonville, Centralia, and Hallsville. Mid Buchanan while the Dragons will host Gallatin and West Platt, while North Platt will host Polo and Wellington Napoleon, and their jamboree. Um, Penny will go to Milan for their jamboree, and will be joined by Putnam County. And then the last one, as far as eleven-man football teams, is going to be South Harrison at Trenton. They will be in Carrollton, and they will also be hosted by Lex. They will also be joined by Lexington as well. Eight-Man Football Jamboree. St. Joe Christian will be hosting a Jamboree at 7 p.m. on Friday. They will be joined by Kansas City East Christian and Stewart's Bill Osbert. East Atchison will host Bishop LeBlanc, Nottaway Valley, and Rockport. How about this lineup at Worth County? It will be the Tigers of Worth County, Albany, King City, and Stanbury. Now, Pattonsburg, the the Panthers of Pattonsburg will host the Cab, North Andrew and Platte Valley. Also, first-year eight-man football member Plattsburgh, they will be at the Bramer Jamboree, and they will be joined by Oreck and Norburn Harden Central as well. That will do it for our St. Joseph School District Jamboree Preview Show. Again, that will take place. The Jamboree will take place Friday, August the 18th at 7 p.m. on the campus of Missouri Western State University at Spratt Stadium. Again, if you want to listen to the Jamboree, not able to make it, you can listen on stjosephpost.com. Tommy Rezach and Matt Pike will have the coverage there as well there on stjosephpost.com. We will also have post game on Friday night from the winning coach of this year's Jamboree. Be on the lookout for that tomorrow night as well as next week. We're going to be releasing a whole slate of high school football and volleyball previews as well to get you ready for the upcoming fall sports season. That will do it for our podcast. Thank you so much to all the sponsors. Thank you so much to all the coaches that took time over the last week or so to join me on the podcast, and we will see you Friday night at Missouri Western.